I'm Dave Isay, founder of StoryCorps, and this message comes from NPR sponsor Subaru and the 2021 Subaru Forester, featuring standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and award-winning safety technology. Welcome to the SUV for all you love. Learn more at Subaru.com. Like any relationship, the ones we have with our parents and our parental figures can be complicated. So do you remember the day that you came to me and said, I don't want to live here? (laughs) You know, the relationship that we had at that time was pretty distant. I was kind of holding on to it by my fingertips. It's the StoryCorps podcast from NPR. I'm your host, Camila Kashani. This week, we're going to hear conversations between family members who are going through it, but also they're working through it. First, we're going to meet Jade Roan, who grew up in Philadelphia. Her biological mom couldn't take care of her. So when Jade was seven, she entered the foster care system. She spent most of her childhood living with one family— But when she was 17, her longtime foster mom died. Her death was really hard for Jade. She was losing a mom all over again. Nobody asked me how I was feeling. I just felt like I didn't matter. So when I was doing bad in school, I kept it to myself. In 2015, Jade was placed with a new foster mom, Stacia Parker. They came to StoryCorps a few years after that to talk about the beginning of their relationship. When you came to my house, Mm -hmm. it was totally different. It was totally different. I knew that you were quiet, and I knew that because you were quiet and petite, that people had not paid attention to you. Mm -hmm. You would just say, "Mm mm-hmm. See how you just Mm -hmm. said? You wouldn't use your words. You had no requests, not even specific food. I said, this is unusual for a teenager. So do you remember the day that you came to me and said, I don't want to live here? (laughs) You told me that the things I wanted from you were impossible. That sounded like something I was saying. <laughs> you said that it was no way you were going to learn to make a bed. Clean. Be on time. And I wanted you to continue your violin practice. As an African-American female, society was already going to marginalize you. Right. So I was trying to develop your voice. You asked me questions about what was going on. You asked me, okay, so you fell in this class. So what we need to do? I'm like, what do you mean what we need to do? Because nobody put we. It was always, you need to fix this. I actually remember you taking me back to Girls High, and I cried in the back of your car, and I'm like, please don't make me go back anywhere else. (laughs) And it was like, you about to do this, and they let me back. I think I just needed guidance all around. I didn't know anything. In terms of what? Employment, doctor's appointments. I didn't know anything. And then I became a parent young. I didn't know what that was going to be like. Jade was 17 when she got pregnant with her daughter, Kalani. It was just a few months after she had moved in with Stacia. And learning how to be a mom while she was still struggling with having a mom, it caused some tension between the two of them. Talk about when Kalani was born. I was terrified. Like, I was just very, very naive. And um, it kind of didn't really hit me until it was almost really time for me to have her. Do you think you bonded with her? Her first six months of life? No. I was still in my teenage phase of me, like, I could still do what I want to do. I don't think I took the 
initiative to really be a mom. And when you were telling me this is what you need to do. You resented me for it. I hated you for it. You did. You hated that I developed a relationship with her. One day I went, I'll go give her a bath. And I knew you didn't want me to touch her. And about that, it wasn't that I didn't want you to touch her. It's just that when I came there, you were teaching me so many things. And I felt like I need to show her I can do this without her help. At that time, I thought you were doing it because you thought I couldn't do it. Absolutely not. But I didn't know that. But I could have explained or or shared more about my thinking. These are the types of things you learn along the way about parenthood, bonding, about falling down and getting back up. Mm-hmm. What's something um, that you think I've taught you? I really used to think that kids came knowing how to communicate. Mm-hmm. So when I entered the foster care system, that was the area um, where I needed growth. I had to teach my children how to communicate. And you've taught me the power of love. You really helped me see that not only do I know what your needs are, but that I know how to meet them. I'm glad. I want to thank you for everything because if you would not have pushed me, I don't think I would be anywhere near where I am right now. I've been searching for a mom all my life. Then I got you. And we've been... (laughs) It's been bumpy. (laughs) But I'll be here. I know you will. That's Jade Roan speaking with her mom, Stacia Parker, in Philly. Jade's daughter, Kalani, is now four years old. And we found out that Jade was actually pregnant during this recording with her second daughter, Nova Rain. She's two. They all still live together, and Stacia's enjoying being a grandmother to both girls. After the break, how a road trip helped ease the distance between a dad and his kid. Stay with us. Hi, I'm Dave Isay, founder of StoryCorps. This message comes from NPR sponsor Subaru and the 2021 Subaru Forester. With standard symmetrical all-wheel drive and award-winning safety technology to give you extra confidence on every drive. Inside, it features a spacious interior with heated seats, AC vents, and USB ports, all available for second-row passengers as well as the front. The 2021 Subaru Forester. Welcome to the SUV for all you love. Learn more at Subaru.com. Maddie Sofia here, host of Shortwave, the daily science podcast from NPR. Listen for new discoveries, everyday mysteries, and the science behind the headlines, all in about 10 minutes every weekday. It's a great addition to your daily listening, whether you're a science nerd or, you know, just a little science curious. Subscribe now to Shortwave from NPR. Welcome back. Chaz McClure always wanted to be a dad. So when Chick McClure was born, it was one of the happiest moments of his life. 
Here's Chaz telling Chick about that day. I remember you were born so tiny and the nurses were nice to me and you let me come over and gown up and everything and, and hold you. So I used to go in there at noon and sit in the rocking chair and feed you. Those are really fond memories. The older Chick got, the closer they became with their dad. They spent time fishing and playing baseball in the backyard. And one of Chick's favorite things to do was go sledding. You remember that time I went sailing over the fence? <laughs> it was like Evil Knievel flying through the sky. <laughs> right, yeah, because we hit the bottom and it had launched you right up into the air. Yeah, I remember that you came down after me to make sure I was okay. And uh, you went over the fence too. You know, I think about like growing up and stuff and I feel like you and I were so connected and I loved to yeah. spend spend my yeah. time with you. Yeah. And uh, when you and mom divorced, I was just so sad when you left. Chick was 14 years old at the time and stayed with their mom. Chaz moved away for his job in the Navy. Chick and their dad really didn't talk much after that, and their relationship was distant for the next 30 years. So when they had their StoryCorps conversation, it was one of the first times that they were both open about what it felt like after Chaz left. I think that I had been carrying a lot of uh, anger because, you know, I saw my mom really kind of fall apart. And I think I blamed you, but because you weren't there, you weren't there to talk about it with me so that I could understand why you were splitting up. Yeah. I was sad about that too, but I was sad primarily for you or because of you. Yeah. And I want you to know that I know that. I know that now. You know? And I know that you know that now. Do you remember uh, the letter that you wrote? It was laying out when I went to uh, pick all my stuff up and leave for the last time. Oh, I don't remember. What did I say in it? Well, you just told me that you hated to see this happen and, you know, that you loved me yeah. and uh, how sad you were and how you wished that you had something that you could, could do to make it better. Wow. I've still got that letter. It's one of the, one of the few things I've kept my whole life. I don't remember writing that letter, but I am so touched that you have it. They started to reconnect when Chick was an adult and decided to take a two-week-long road trip around the Southwest. They hadn't really hung out like that since Chick was a teenager, so this trip was a pretty big deal for both of them. We had flown into this airport hours apart. I got there first, mm. and then when you called, I was like, oh, okay, he's here, and I walked to the door of the hotel room, and there was a mirror there, so I got a last look at how different I knew I was going to look to you. There was a lot of time between when I was 14 and when we reconnected on that trip. Yeah. 30 years. Why do you think it took so long? You know, I know that you are politically conservative. Right. And I was worried that you might not accept me being transgender. I was always kind of like shape-shifting to try to figure out what version of me would be more acceptable, not just to you, but to everybody. Really, at that time, I didn't know if we would have a relationship after I told you. 
You felt like that would be a bridge too far, really? I was worried about that. You know, the relationship that we had at that time was pretty distant. I was kind of holding on to it by my fingertips. But the craziest thing happened. I felt like when I got off the elevator and we saw each other, we didn't even have to say anything. We connected with our eyes. It was just kind of a momentary shock. And then when I heard your voice and you smiled and then we, you know, hugged, everything just went away. Yeah. I had a ball on that trip. And a lot of us just driving around looking out the window at, at beautiful terrain, shooting the breeze, which I really enjoy doing. And it seemed like we were always on a quest to find the best chicken fried steak. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think we ever really found the best one either. And I, I've done a lot of thinking about that trip. And part of the reason that it was so great was just that I had been able to be honest with you about who I am, you know, yeah. and it was so great to have your acceptance. But also I felt like, you know, I'm accepting you because I feel like I've been kind of rigid with you. As I've gotten older, I've learned that life is full of mysteries. And you know me to be a very religious person. There's many things that we either don't understand or can't understand. And you can't abandon your family. I mean, that's the only link that you have to eternity. Yeah. You remember when uh, we said our goodbyes in uh, the airport? I just got emotional. <laughs> just so emotional because I, yeah. I do have regret. What I have regret about is lost time, you know? Yeah. I have regret about lost time. And when you got on your plane, that really occurred to me very strongly. None of us know, like, what kind of time we've got. But I just want to make what time we have be really connected and talk about real things. And Me too. I double down on that. That's for sure. I just want my kid to be happy. And I, and I never, ever felt like you were. You just always seemed very sad. And once I was able to see how happy you were, that's really all I ever wanted anyway. Yeah. I don't know if I've told you this, Dad, but I was doing this workshop and um, somebody in the workshop had said that this is not your practice life. That struck me so hard. It like woke me up. I didn't want my life to go by not being connected to you. I feel like we're reconnected. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, we, we talk pretty much every week. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that we have each other in our lives in this way now. I love you, Dad. I love you too. That's Chaz and Chick McClure for StoryCorps in 2020. When we checked back in with them for this episode, they just returned from another road trip, this time to Colorado for Chaz's high school reunion. Chick got to see Chaz's hometown and learn a little about what their dad's life was like before they were in it. That's all for this episode of the StoryCorps podcast. It was produced by me, Camila Kashani. Our story editor is Sylvie Lubau. Our executive editor is Jasmine Morris. Jarrett Floyd is our technical director. Natsumi Ajisaka is our fact checker. Special thanks to Jay Bourne, Kerry Hillman, Mia Warren, and Ava Ahmed Beggy. To record your own interview with a loved one, visit storycore.org. While you're there, you can also check out what music we used in the episode and see original artwork created by artist Rosalind Yoon. For the StoryCorps podcast, 
I'm Camila Kashani. Catch you next week. StoryCorps is supported by Fetzer Institute as part of its work to strengthen democracy.